Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skin, here with my co-host. Actually, not here. Like, I guess I used to do it. Got an interview with Jordan Renan. 55 minutes. Uh, talk about everything. Start a lot on this. Brian Dale, Wink Martindale stuff, where it's headed. Daniel Jones, Evan Neal. Basically hit all the big topics that you'd want to hit at the bye week. So a good conversation with him. And we'll get right into it when we're wasting any time. First, today's episode is sponsored by Shady Rays. This is the season of giving people Shady Rays. Get the perfect gift for a special someone, yourself, or both. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. That's that's huge, right? Like it's good. They look good, great price. <clears throat> and say, well, what's got to be something wrong with them, right? Like if you lose them, you're screwed. Wrong, wrong. We'll get there. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company. That offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures. And if you're into winter sports, their quick-swap snow lenses move effortlessly between full sun to low-light environments. That's not all. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Here it is. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements that's huge that's huge for me for like i don't like to buy nice sunglasses because of that well guess what shady race has changed my life i could finally have good sunglasses if you lose or break your pair even on day one an a1 from day one they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked no preguntas wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase Shady Rays is currently in their biggest sale of the year for Black Friday. Don't miss out on the best deals for shades, snow goggles, and prescription sunglasses. Go to ShadyRays.com and try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. You'll be glad you did. And here's Jordan Renan. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we usually do our interview bye week uh, the Monday after the bye week and start off with that. But it seems like there's a lot going on in Giants land. So we have Jordan Renan on of ESPN. Uh, first, welcome on the show. I want to dive right into it, though. Like, I don't even want to bullshit around. Okay. Is Wink Martindale the Giants defensive coordinator in 2024? Oof. Look, you want to go against what Jay Glazer says? Jay Glazer is usually pretty plugged in. Now, I will admit, I had heard some things. You hear some rumblings, but there's plenty of people who don't like each other in this business or don't get along great or have opposing, really, philosophies and way how they handle themselves. But I did not know it had reached a point where it might not, you know, where it might blow up on it. I thought they would still be able to continue, and I still do. I still do think there is a chance they continue. I'm not sure if I want to bet on it right now, though. I'll be I'll be honest with you on that. Clearly, there's a difference in opinion between the two coaches. We're talking about Wink and Brian Dable here. Uh, everything about them seems diametrically opposed, right? Just the way they handle themselves on the sideline, uh, the way they handle themselves in public, everything about them. But I thought it could work. I'm I'm not so sure. Where would you bet right now? I mean, Jay Glazer says they might not get through the season. I I'm I would be shocked if he is the defensive coordinator at this point. Like what I when yeah, Jay Glazer is the one person in this entire business where I like I don't even quite I don't even question what he's saying. Um, I do think this is coming from the Wink Martindale camp within all of this. 
uh to uh to glazier i don't know how it got there but it did get there and it's 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 factual and i wink martindale it seems to kind of despises brian dable despite the game ball stuff despite the blast pizza pizza comments and the pat hamlet well let's talk about the game ball stuff for a second just think about it they don't get along we we pretty much know that they don't like each other so much it's a fact it's a percent fact so what do you think that look if you're wink martindale let's pretend you're wink martindale bobby i hate you you hate my guts i hate your guts i'm getting in front of everybody i'm gonna put on a show and be like here you go bobby here's the game ball how do you think that was received? Would be received? How would you receive that if someone you know, you know, you guys don't like each other, but when the camera's on in front of you, you're gonna be like, "Hey, here you go, buddy. Game ball. Good job." Oh, I'd want to throw it right back at him. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's obviously obviously Dable's trying to protect. Now I don't know if it's like a full on, like I, I don't know. I don't think I'm not gonna say Dable like did that with like bad intentions to like kind of throw one at him. But he all, but at the at the very worst, he's just doing it for PR to try and clean this up. And like we know that they are taking this seriously, despite the fact that Joe Shane pretended he didn't know uh, hear the report in his How press ridiculous conference. Is that? Yeah. How silly is that? Yeah, what obviously, are we doing here? obviously very silly. And I want to talk about him and a, and a little bit too. I mean, what? Okay, but hey, there's been plenty of guys who have different person. I mean, personalities, and yeah, you can rub each other the wrong way sometimes. But to where this is like, this is like not fixable according to what Glade. I mean, I guess it's somewhat fixable, but right now it looks like it's just done. What Let me started give you a path this to be and what fixed. has accelerated it? Okay, I will get to that in a second. Let me give you a path to it being fixed first. John Mara is the mediator here, right? That's his job. He's going to go there. This is my opinion. After the season, he's the. This is kind of what he does in in the draft room, right? If there's two differences of opinions, he sort of serves as the middleman. He's going to go to these guys, because I think John Mara and company are going to want to keep Wink Martindale. It makes sense for the Giants, for these two men to sit down and work it out, right? Because you don't want to have to start over. This is a big year three. They have to show progress in year three. To start over on defense after you've gotten the personnel, basically, to bring in for Wink is counterproductive for the Giants building something here. So I think after the season, they if they may make it that far, which I think they will, They'll sit down and John Myra will try and mediate it and make it work and see if it can work. Yeah, but I mean, if, if... well, here's the thing Wink is under contract, right? So Dable can essentially just keep him, um, even if even if it's not the best relationship and can try and try it but again. If he doesn't but then, want I feel, to I feel stay, like I feel like well, an feel... amicable parting of ways, right? Sure, but Dable really didn't want to stay in Buffalo, and and he was kind of. Blo- I mean, Dable wanted to come coach under Judge. Um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see, and then now you start to look at it, and like, is Dable the issue? Um, like, I, I'm I'm intrigued. Like, this is what I'm paying attention to the most for the rest of the season. Um, is this what 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 started okay. this, and what has accelerated it? Because it it didn't it didn't think, start with Xavier McKinney. Yeah, no, I think that kind of was sort of the breaking point. But I think before that, just the fact that the way these two guys approach everything, I think that's the difference, right? You see Brian Dable on the sideline. He's flipping tablets, throwing headsets, yelling at players. Wink Martindale is the exact opposite. If you go back, there was a point, I don't know exactly when, but last year somebody asked him about being you know, cool and confident on the sideline. He talked about how philosophically 
he believes you should you owe it to your players to be uh I'm, I'm trying to think of the word that he composed. used composed uh, composed yes to try to be composed in a tough moments and so just start there and you see two guys that are on opposite ends of the spectrum and as we go along over these last i don't know year or so the fact that the giants offense has been so bad i think then weighs on that relationship right because then it puts how much pressure does it put on the defense right they they basically can't make a mistake at times otherwise you know i mean they're scoring for a while they're up to 13 points a game they were at 11 points a game for a while bobby 11 points a game like I think the number – did you see the stat during the game where they said the Giants had the second most three and outs of any defense in the NFL? Which is amazing if you think about it because you have the second most three and outs. You have the – what? They're up to 21st-ranked defense? But how much – but that's what happens when your offense is really really not holding up its end of the bargain. So I think that just added to it this year, the Xavier McKinney whole incident where basically Brian Dable – poo-pooed it, pushed it to the side. Wink Martin, no, you saw he was hurt by that. He came out. He was like, no, 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 I'm hurt by that. That's never happened to me before. He prides himself on having a very open meeting room and just overall program. And so it bothered him. And then Brian Dable did not really take his side. And then who, who's who's breaking down the team after they win the first time for the first time in like, in three, in uh, like a month? Xavier McKinney. Ultimate slap in the face. Do you think it was self-serving by Wink Martindale to have that six-minute like conversation on the Xavier McKinney thing, or do you think like who who do you view as right in that? What the McKinney or Dable? You talking about McKinney or Wink or Dable and Wink? Like, uh, well, we can do Dable and Wink, but like how they handled that because as much as I was pissed off at McKinney and I agreed with everything Wink said, like there was some self-serving motives to that. Oh, I absolutely. Go, I mean, he he could he could have he could have let the media know he was displeased with that without talking about it for over six minutes, and really now Xavier McKinney was being stupid, but really made Xavier McKinney look like a fool and then embarrassed him in front of everybody. I think it probably was self-serving, but here's my take on it. And you had heard about, you know, Wink is somehow going to get scapegoated here, and you're like, huh? And so that's something that's been bouncing around for a while. And you're like, okay, so I could see if that's the line of thinking why he's doing this. Hey, hold on one one second here. I'm not just going to let myself get buried and be the scapegoat here. First of all, we've got a 30-second ranked offense over here. My defense, which hasn't been great, they have had good games. Like when the Giants win or are competitive, it's because of the defense, right? I mean, right. Buffalo, uh yeah, I'm obviously the that. defense. The two Washington games, New England, the only game that they really did, you know, that offensively maybe you you can make the argument won the game was Arizona, and when they're competitive, yeah. it's because of the defense. So I, I think it was sort of like, hey, I'm not just going to let myself get railroaded here. I'm going to come out and speak my mind. And he's a guy who speaks his mind anyway. So I mean, had. It's you, you said to start with like the way they deal with stuff, but like they're very kind of not. They're not a million interactions throughout a game on the way there. Like anytime Dable's doing that on the sideline, but the majority it's against offensive players. Is 
they but were I like just think that's his these approach. Is, is he that's his approach coaches? all the time, though. Okay, but is da- is Dable is Dable like mfing Wink Martindale and the defensive staff behind closed doors, like when they're in their film, their their team film meetings, like the you know Sunday night, Monday morning, when the coaches all get together and go through the entire game film. Is he mfing them? Yeah, I mean, I do believe. I mean, this is just my opinion on this that he he gets on Wink and he gets on him hard and he's you know all over him and and that, that's part of what I'm saying. When you're on this guy and you're riding him hard and you're you're crushing his defense and questioning the things he's doing, and then the guy's looking across to the other side, and he's like, you know, your your offense is 32nd in the league. We can't even move the ball, which is the way it was going for a while. And and you're sitting here, you know, mfing me and giving me a hard time. And I think that's that's how the you know the tension builds, and that's why we're at where we're at. Yeah, we're at a point where Wink Martindale like despises Brian Dable. Um, who, who you, you, you don't think... want you, you? Would you want? Would you be upset if Wink left? Yeah, because of the reasons why. Like I, th- I, I actually don't. I think there's like there can be a better defensive coordinator brought in here. I like Wink, but if this is like a, if this is the reason why, because the re- like the way you're handling things behind the scenes, and this is, you know, with. With Dable, it's like it's always winning heals all things, but it's like, okay, how 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 good are you actually at running an organization, right? And not just coaching a team to play to its best. Yeah, if he loses like someone who he brought in, who's like a very like actually I'm not gonna use the word well respected like you guys, someone who's had results as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh yeah, I don't I don't want him leaving. I like I like the way he calls the defense. You're becoming one of us, you know that, right? I think he changes week to week. Um, no, I actually break news. He changes week to week. Oh, all right. Uh, I'll see you later. All right. All right. No, he changes. I, I like when I would be mad if Wink Martindale left as a defensive corner. Now, I think there's good options to go out there. Like, I don't think it would hamstring the Giants going forward, but yeah, like who that would be a not just not a bad look, it's a bad thing that happened. Who is more to blame for this though? Wink or is, is Wink being a little sensitive or is it Dable for not knowing how to, you know handle it i'm sure it's both but i mean wink has been around a long time it hasn't really happened very often it seems well, I mean, like a special him, him and harbaugh had a falling out after having like a number one defense in three or four seasons they did we kind of maybe sort of harbaugh brought back back his own guy you know there was a purpose behind it now uh, yeah they decided to part but yeah I, we don't we didn't see we didn't know at least of a rift like this Right, I mean, I don't at least. I didn't hear. No, I didn't no. Hear obviously, that. this is this. We this haven't seen anything like this in a while. I mean, even even Judge and Garrett hated each other. You, you never got details out like this until it was over. Until it was actually over. Um, yeah, I'm fighting so, through stuff here. By the way, so Wink is gone. Right, like it's it's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. Right. I still do think there's a chance that. They they you know patch it up and they make it work. But if I had a bet, I wouldn't go in that direction. Is Mike Kafka in danger of losing his job? Because there hasn't been much publicly, but I, like, is there rumblings of like issues with Dable and Kafka too? Mm, not so much. I haven't really heard much on that end, to be honest with you. Uh, now I have heard that you know Dable's a hard guy to work for. Like that is something that's come out of me. I gotta, you know, 
you know, a text yesterday from somebody and had a completely nowhere that said that. And I was like, Oh, you know, like you, you have to, you have to put it all in the file and, and look at the evidence and say, I guess it's possible, but here's the thing. Let's say Wink is gone. Okay. And McGahey also is gone, right? That, that one has probably run its course at this point. Even and with all Kafka's- the respect he has. And then Kafka, you, you, your, your Heinz. And then Kafka stays, right? Think about how ass backwards that is. All right, the two better, the two of their better unit, better units stayed. The worst of the three units by a wide margin. Uh, we're going to keep that intact. I mean, that that'll be some optics. That's why I think John Mara will go. Will, will try really hard to keep Wink Martindale. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't give a shit about all. Like, I trust this offensive coaching staff. Um to do well i've you know we've seen them be able to create some explosives with the veto uh i do think they were hamstrung with by how bad the offensive line was the first you know five or six games of the season um for sure like i i do think they're and and by daniel jones just playing his worst ball and just a lot of a lot of re-issues there um the special teams i mean it's if there's one thing i didn't like it's funny it's funny somehow somehow the offense is still really good in a lot of people's minds, and you're a lot, you're, you're, no, I think the offensive coaching is really good. I don't think the, the well, the offensive coaching is really good, yet the quarterback played poorly. The offense is abysmal. It's been awful all year. I mean, it's, well, it's a player's league. It's a player's, it's a player's league. We saw, I mean, the offense outproduced the defense last year when they made the playoffs. Uh, I mean, they were both like middle of the middle. Yeah, of the every every metric units. they had their ups the and downs. Offense. I don't think I don't think either of them were great units. No, but I mean the off again the offense had David Sills starting for it and and Richie James who can't even play on the the worst wide receiver unit in the league and the, the Chiefs right now. Um, I mean the Giants had uh, who was their number two corner? Okay, who do you, uh, so the veteran from uh, from Washington? What's his name? Why am I drawing a blank? What are you talking about? Who Fabian is the Giants' Moreau? starting cornerback this year? Fabian Moreau. He's he's. I mean, he's he's actually played in the NFL. Yeah, um, by me. But in, but anyways, he's not it's, a starter. Anyways, no. we're not. But we're actually. But, Mike, but here's the thing: Wink Caff or Wink Kafka, Wink Martindale's not leaving because of performance, right? He's leaving because they they hate each other, right? So that's that's different, right? Um, like I don't think anyone thinks, oh, that Dable's not wants to fire like did Dable want to fire Wink for performance or is this just they can't stand each other and decide to part ways yeah it would be the latter yeah like if if Wink didn't like if didn't care about all the yelling and stuff and kind of even if he didn't like it dealt with it and wasn't leaking stuff out to the Jay Glazer like I, I don't know if I don't maybe I maybe I'm wrong maybe I don't think that Dable would uh would fire him and then McGahee there's one thing every everything it's funny like, you think it all it, it all is coming from Wink there's definitely people. Well, why wouldn't it be coming? Side. Why would it be coming from Dave? Greasing the skids to get rid of a defensive coordinator that people would probably want to keep. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it, it seems like it's you can't from you Wink. can't just you can't just with no context at the end of the season be like. Then why would Dave will be trying to do the Wink. PR job after afterwards? What's that? Dave, I mean Dave was working PR afterwards. Fair. I don't. I, I look. None and we're of hearing. We're here, and and the stuff from the media is, is coming as like the negative parts of Dable and Patriot Way and yelling and cussing and 
and stuff like that. You don't hear like, oh, it's, you know, they, you, you don't hear that Dable can't stand Wink because he runs too much man coverage and gets beat by screens consistently. Like we haven't heard any of that come out. Because I don't think it's a schematic thing. I think it's more a personality thing. I agree. I agree. And that's all, that's the stuff you're hearing is all the issues of Dable's personality. Um, and but I think it works both. I think it is. I do think it works both ways. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think Dable and Wink, you know, Dable thinks that highly of Wink as a person right now either. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he doesn't. Um, McGahee is the one thing. If you, everything, nobody criticizes anything a head coach and GM do in their first 30 days. McGahee, bringing, keeping McGahee was the one thing I couldn't stand. It's like that interview process was horrible. So McGahee should be gone. I fight listening to his pressers make me sick. By the way, their special teams have not been bad for like second most of this year, second half of this year, especially after Dude, an awful stop. start. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Stop. Well, Bob, here's the real test. Bobby Johnson. That's a Brian Dable guy. Like shit. No one's asking for Shay Tierney to be gone. Bobby Johnson is his guy. This offensive line, like I I hate criticizing position coaches because you really don't know unless you're in the right. building. But there's just been too much of a track record of not being able to develop talent. And you see what Tyree Phillips, like Tyree Phillips isn't great, but you saw like actual technique improvements at, once he came back. Um, there's Evan Neal's been an issue. John Michael Smith's like who like, I don't have, I haven't seen anything new added to John Michael Smith, even though he's been a little up and down, had some good moments, had some bad moments. Like outside of Andrew Thomas, there's been no development. And Thomas was kind of all on his own doing. Like, is Bobby Johnson going to be here in 2024? Is there any rifts there, even though the fact that they they are friendly? Yeah, I do think that the Giants are not happy with the development of the offensive line. I do think that exists. When you talk to people in the building, they realize the development there has not been good and good enough and pretty consistent. So I would not be surprised if that one went in that direction for, for that reason. Now, again, it'll be an interesting test because that's one of Dable's guys, right? That's one of the guys that him and Shane brought in and brought with them from Buffalo. But I do not also do not think that it would be something that they would be shy about moving on from, to be honest with you. Like, right. Dable comes from, remember, and we talk about this, he comes from that Belichick tree. When Bel- when there's a coach that Belichick doesn't think is good enough, he, he'll get off that coach. Yeah, which is always a good test for a coaching staff is the guys that you do are friends and do have relationships with when they're not performing, can you do it? And that's, right. I think but that's this one, one is kind of easy to just say, hey, come on, it hasn't worked out. We haven't been able to develop these guys. There's really no argument for Bobby Johnson if you say that, right? No, I, mean, I, I agree, but it's just, it's hard to fire your friends. Um, that's just the nature of of the business, and that's why a lot of like Bobby Johnson will probably get a line coach job somewhere else because he's friends with this coaching staff that has you know a new head coach. Um, what are the thoughts now, on Dable, Evan Neal? Dable will get input from Mara. He'll get input from Shane. I'm sure on these kind of things. I mean, him and Shane are super tight. They do everything together, so every decision is really a joint decision from those two. But ultimately, when you do make moves on your coaching staff the final decision almost always comes down to the head coach. And if he really wants to put his foot down, he can. Would he do it for Bobby Johnson in this case? That's hard to imagine because the track record is just not good enough. Right. What are the thoughts on Evan Neal in the building? Because the injury is like – it's hard to just slate him in at right tackle again. No, I agree. 
I spoke to people. I guess it was the game he got injured. They thought he played really well, actually. The game that he got injured. Like, There's been it? technical improvements, three but three weeks, my... three weeks back. And yeah. I asked it specifically if, and Joe Shane was asked this, and I, he kind of gave the same answer that I got from the source off the record previously about, hey, do you guys actually want to keep him out there? You think ultimately his future would be a guard? And they, the answer was that, you know, you know what? I think we, we do think he's a tackle now. He has to play better. We've seen some good things from him. We just haven't seen it consistently enough. It hasn't been good enough, but it seems like ultimately they're just, they're going to try to make it work at right tackle. Now, that doesn't mean you don't go out there and at least bring someone else in. Like you can't go into next season with the same, you know, tackle situation that they have right now. You just absolutely can't. Personally, if it was me, I would go out and get a proven, my number one offseason acquisition, free agency. I need a proven right tackle, a guy that I know can play and I could put in there and I have a solid right tackle. Then once you have that and Andrew Thomas and you hope John Michael Schmidt's a quality center, you could fill in the guards from there. Anything else to me is too risky. Drafting a guy, too risky at this point for this team. They can't afford to have a rookie in there and have his ups and downs again. They need to have a proven right tackle. Yeah, I mean, I I really like the guy for Sean out of Penn State, but I I also think I'd I'd want to invest in some other places and have some hope. But I think depth, like I think that's where they've screwed up the most before the season when everything was was fine and dandy. Was like I hated I, that was the one thing from the press conference I hated from Joe Shane was the idea of the offensive line. They got unlucky. They cut their their swing tackle who left. For Matt Parrot to be the swing tackle, and yeah. then he, and then when they got put in that situation, they put their backup guard in there, who again who hasn't developed. You your plan at it center. was interesting accounting by Shane because it's like that we we had a, we're on our fifth tackle. Well, that's because you wouldn't play your you didn't your third was unplayable. You didn't think you could play him and Matt Parrot, and your fourth you decided to cut. So yeah, of yeah. course you're on your fifth. Yeah, and I mean, and then like their plan at center was their biggest issue of the of the offseason they let uh gates walk and gates got some money so i understand that feliciano only got two and a half million dollars like not bringing him back as depth and you got lucky that i mean what happens if the bears take jms at 56 which when they traded up we all thought that they were going to do uh like what is your plan there get a center in the third round because they admitted in some of their post uh draft videos that they would have taken jalen hyatt at that spot uh i know they cross-chained ben bredesen but it's it's just been a lack of one uh, going after going after depth and and having a plan there and i actually think ben bredesen is low key one of their should be one of their main priorities of keeping uh this offseason right and it's not even just to be a starter like even if you have different starters i think keeping ben bredesen as a backup at worst needs to be one of your main priorities so this offensive line obviously has been an issue um and even you know even if evan neal works out and thomas has injury issues which um I know we've went 25 minutes without getting to the quarterbacks, but since we're talking about offensive line and stuff, and this leads into it, what do you think and who is to blame for the way they've handled injuries? Andrew Thomas played basically a full game through a hamstring. If it wasn't a blowout, he would have played the full game, and a game he missed seven games. He's currently playing on an MCL sprain, which he only missed two series for. Graham Gano kicked on, on on an injury that they all knew about, and he needed. Uh, they ended up shutting him down two days later. Daniel Jones went, uh, you know, back in and played on a torn ACL, the whole neck thing on that. Who is to blame for this mishandling of injuries 
specifically with their better their best players in reality or their most important yeah ones. this is always one of the most complicated ones because it's really hard to put your finger on these kind of things and see who's ultimately responsible now uh the head coach the general manager they're involved ronnie barnes he's the head of medical he had he's involved you have to look at it and say all these people together share some of the blame now it's hard to pinpoint who deserves more blame than, than somebody else. Like I do think what I do think is they need to reconsider how they approach the summer because you were there. It was country club training camp, right? I mean, yeah. nobody practiced, nobody was on the field, light practices, nobody did anything. And look, I'm not going to sit here and second guess after the fact, because I was like, I'm a big believer in just get to the season healthy that's the most important thing. But we saw here it then led to injury after injury after injury. So they have to readdress that and figure out if that was just some of it was luck, some of the way they handled injuries, or it's because of the way they handled the summer and you need that work so you don't get injured during the season. But it's really hard to put your finger on. We've been, we've been doing this for, what, eight to ten years, Bobby. And we're like, why do the Giants have so many injuries? You know, and we look and there, there's still some of the same people there. But how much of it? I do believe some of it is bad luck. Right. You can't do anything about a guy tearing his Achilles or tearing his knee sometimes. Sometimes like that's just going to happen or of a guy landing on uh, on a play, you know, offensive lineman, just someone rolling into his leg. Right. Like some of these things are uncontrollable. Now, the Andrew Thomas. Hamstring injury is not uncontrollable uncontrollable you have to look at brian dable in game there and say why was andrew thomas playing the rest of that game when he was hurt that badly and then why was he coming back too obviously too early because when he came tried to come back and practice that's when he basically suffered a second injury it was basically two separate injuries essentially right you basically have the first four games and then he when he came back he actually told me at one point it was a four to six week injury for like a skill position player but because he was an offensive lineman that he thought and they thought he could be back earlier, comes back, tries to practice, hurts it again, aggravates it at that point. And now it's like a second injury. So now you have another four weeks out. So yeah, that, yeah. that's one of those things where a lot I don't of blame know. to pass around. Yeah. I, and I actually don't put it mostly on the head coach. Like I put on whoever, like the head coach is dealing with the information that's given to him. Like, is this guy cleared? Is this guy can play? Yes or no. Um, like I, I, but Again, it's one of those things that it's just put your down when you're down thirty. No, that points. I agree with. But like Thomas, right it now, prob- it probably benefited them to not play Thomas at that point. I agree. I agree. But it's like at what? Like what was the like? Should he have come in like immediately? Like who's clearing him to come in immediately after that? Like and the, you know the Graham Gano situation. Like I know everyone got mad at uh, Brian Dibble for not going for it on fourth in the Jets game, but I, in my mind, if a kicker is clear to play, you have to be able to know that the kicker is like he can kick the ball, um, and he made kicks earlier in the game. And then you know, like Andrew Thomas currently, I actually look at the Andrew Thomas currently more than the the hamstring. Like hamstring, he's playing on an MCL sprain. Like why why is that happening? Who is clearing that to happen? And who's making that decision? Um, like who's allowing these guys to kind of play against their best interests? 30 minutes. We set a record without talking about Daniel Jones. Uh, proud Oof. of us. I know, right? So, 
Joe Shane answered, I thought, answered it basically where you could pick what you want to think on that, right? Like where Daniel Jones is the starter. And then when asked about changing a QB, I actually thought he was really smart until someone finally asked him about the first round. Like, yeah, well, we're going to have to do something at quarterback. Tire odds of free agent. We don't know when. Like, yeah, of course. And then uh, I think Rock asked him, like, what about the first round? He said yeah. best player available. So n- nobody from that press conference can say that they are not looking at that. Here's the thing. It would have been hard to pass on a QB with a top two pick. What happens if they have the fifth or sixth pick? Because one is the don't trade up. Do you trade the guy who's QB three, even if you recognize him? Because we know that Mara is not happy with the idea of paying Daniel Jones and then essentially moving off of him one year after. Uh, I First of all, I don't view that as as big a problem for John Mara. Like if they had the number one or two pick, they were going to move off Daniel Jones. I, I, I agree. I but what zero, about now? zero doubt. Zero doubt. The question now is, and if Joe Shane thinks that they have a guy that is going to be a future star quarterback, I believe that ownership will also sign off on that one as well. Right. All right. Let's see what happens. Right. We'll see what happens this year because Daniel Jones is basically going to be on the roster this year. Right. 35 and a half million off of, uh, ACL tear. Uh, but, you know, let's see what happens this year, especially if they draft seventh. It's probably going to be a guy who you could sit to start their career. If Daniel Jones plays great, that's a great problem to have. You you deal with that, right, at the time. The, court, like the rookie quarterback, still cheap. So the question is, is there another guy out there? Now, remember, Josh Allen was the third quarterback picked. Mm-hmm. The question, the problem is, there were people, he was in the running also for a lot of teams with the number one pick. I don't know if that guy exists this year. Maybe I talked to some people the other day. They told me they weren't really sure about Jalen Daniels, the guy from um, LSU. LSU. They weren't that high on Penix. Bo Nix, they thought was probably better than Penix, but neither of them kind of in that top 10 kind of range. So it's a lot easier to not do that. If you're, you know, picking seventh to not go in the direction of the quarterback, just because is it really a good move? Is there another guy that's really at that level? And that's really what Joe Shane and his group will have to come up with because it's doubtful. Let's say they're picking seventh that a talent like Josh Allen is actually sitting there at seventh. Yeah, and I, I listen. The I've never been like a you need the first pick in the draft to get quarterback right. You look, you know, part of the Daniel, part of why, even though you look at now in the Daniel Jones contract in hindsight was a mistake. Part of the reason why I was so on board with it in the moment was like, well, look at all the best young QBs in the NFL and look at those QB situations when they were drafted. Almost all of those teams were paying a quarterback the year of or the year before. Um, and um, besides Joe Burrow, really none of them were a top two pick. When you look at the guys who are like, I don't really mind the Daniel Jones situation. It's fine. You're you have one more year with him, right? That's always was. That's why you structure the contract the way you did because that was in the range of outcomes. And now it's to the point where the biggest concern for me with Daniel Jones, we could still sit here and argue of how good he is and how how you know how good he isn't, but it's. Do you really want to build your team around a quarterback who has that injury history right now? 
And the answer yeah. to me is an easy no, right? It has to be. Two neck injuries and the torn ACL. How could you be confident building your team around that right now? And so I don't see Joe Shane, who I consider pretty bright, looking at that and saying, I'm going to build my team around Daniel Jones 100%. And, and how I, could you do that with a straight face? Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I've been someone who's like Daniel Jones more than most. And um, the injuries won, but more so just to play on the field when he was on the field this year, really. it I, I, I'm, I'm at the point where I just wanted – a different it's funny because you'll make the, the offensive line excuse for the coaches but you won't for the quarterback well i think quarterback is part of the excuse for the off for the uh, coaches daniel jones was missed they asked him to do more than what they did last year there was open guys and he was not taking those throws and there's i mean even devito who I, i'm not in on the devito hype but like a lot of people uh like he's taking throws that jones was passing up I agree but it's still it was it's very difficult to operate consistently i agree he played poorly but it's very difficult to operate consistently. The offensive line, by the way, now is in way better shape than think about it than it was when Daniel Jones was playing. I mean, light years ahead. That's, that's where. We, that, that, so he was in a really tough spot. It was a really tough spot for anyone to succeed consistently, and I think it wore on him. And we saw him play poorly. But a big part of that was that that line, without Andrew Thomas. You know, without John Michael Schmidt at that point was as bad as we've ever seen it, Bobby. Agreed, and I've broken that down, but there also was like that Seattle game before the sacks started rolling in. I mean, that that is top three worst games he's put together. And that was he really a de- that was a really decider up there. And there was there was stuff within the week one Dallas game where it's like, hey, there is times where you just you just missed open shit. And then even coming back from the raid that Raiders game, like yeah. I mean, but he there just was, was clearly missing. a lack of confidence in the line. Like that was to me the biggest problem. But to me, that's line. even that's even more of a an issue. It's like we kind of need to restart and have someone who's got some of the young gunslinger mentality. And hey, I'm right. I'm not afraid that DJ at one point had in his his career and was kind of beaten out to him, and now some of the other issues. So, um, my my question though is though is just what happens when you're drafting six. And you might have to trade up to four to get the guy that you want. If it's Jaden Daniels, like, is is there going to be that urgency to do it? Right. Um, my question is not if there's a guy worth it, but if you do view a guy that's worth it, are they going to pull it if it's not a top two pick? Um, I do think right. they would. Okay. I do. All right. That's good I to do. know. I, I think knowing Joe Shane and – Remember, Buffalo traded up twice to get Josh Allen, actually, if I remember correctly. I think they were at 21. They traded up twice to get yes, to seven or eight. What was it? I think it's seven. I agree. My I question is not whether Joe Shane is – is there enough pressure to be like, hey, we just need to – like, I mean, we know Mayor is well, not happy for a bunch of reasons. Another one is the idea of that you just paid this quarterback. You essentially picked your quarterback now. And like, no, we need to we gonna say all the things that you just said about the offensive line receiver and shit like that. But they picked their quarterback knowing that there was a potential of it not working. Like Yeah, he, but not after year one. Joe, the plane was never after year one. Well, yes, but of course the injury is basically the biggest thing, right? That that's the biggest thing right now. So No, I actually think the name. play is the biggest thing because if he was playing great and he got injured, it's like, okay, like that sucks. Like let's but get that's a better silly. Backup. So you you basically disregard this, the what would they play 19 games a year before and you're putting all 
all your you're you're out because of the five games to start the season. I mean, you can't count the six he barely played. So you're like, forget the nineteen games. It's the five games I'm out on. No, what I'm saying, if he was playing great and he got injured, I wouldn't be looking to up draft a quarterback in the first round. I just think with the injury history, like you're building a team. When you look at this team, uh, Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable are going to be putting their professional fate at the hands, right, of the quarterback, essentially. So are you, do you really want to put your professional career at stake with a quarterback who had two neck injuries now and then is coming off a torn ACL? It seems to me pretty obvious. We need to get a quarterback that we can build around and that we – First of all, it'll buy them extra time probably too on top of that. So just it to me, it makes so much sense. Hey, we have they have to sell it to ownership, yes. And I but I do, I think ownership, you can convince them that if it's the right move. John Marrow, Hem and Hall. He'll always, you know, have that face and be upset. But if it's the right move, they will be willing to go in that direction. Now, it was a lot more difficult when it was Eli Manning and he won two Super Bowls and the guys at the top were all connected to him. Joe Shane and Brian Dable are not connected to Daniel Jones, right? They're not the one. They are in a way, but they're not the ones who drafted him. They're not the ones who brought him in originally. They did resign him. I get it. So they're, they are connected to him. I shouldn't say that, but not to the degree of this is 100% our guy. Like, hey, we thought it could work. He got injured. Now we need to go get a guy we can build around and win a Super Bowl with because they're so far from winning a Super Bowl. How far is their roster from the Eagles, from the Cowboys, from even the Detroit Lions right now? I agree, and I'm 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 a big anti just picking a quarterback to take one, right? So if they're picking six and they draft like a top offensive lineman, wide receiver, pass rusher, I'm okay with that as long as you know. Obviously, I'll have my opinions when I actually look at the quarterbacks, but. Like I don't believe in just taking one to take one. Like so, like if they if they had a top two pick and they didn't take a quarterback, yeah, I'd be pissed. Um, so I'll, I'll just ask you this, and then we'll finish off with some Saquon stuff. Um, let's just say they have the sixth pick. Would you? Okay. Would you think they would take a dip a quarterback or a different position? I'll even throw in the second round too. Would like would they be taking a quarterback in the top two rounds? Six pick, no trade. Well, like trade could be an option too, but like, do you like season ends? They have the sixth pick. Would you be betting on them taking a quarterback or not? Who's picking one and two? Bears the Cardinals pick are, one, and the, and a, the and Cardinals would be interesting. Bears pick one, and the Patriots trade up one spot for the second pick, and they're taking a quarterback. Yeah, so you're not getting either the top two guys then you're saying. No, no. So it's either, like, it's either eliminating the quarterback top two number guys. three. I think a second round quarterback is most. Or hey, hey, even say, hey, the Cardinals have two. Or back end of the first round, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Trade up like, into the back end. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be interested to see if they even, if the card, if a team that's not, let's say the Bears end up with the top two picks. Would the Giants be willing to trade all the way up to two, which would be, would be uh, the really fascinating thing? The, Bear, the Bears are, no, they're drafting a quarterback. But they have two picks with the Panthers pick. What I'm saying. Oh, you're saying the Bears get one too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem likely, but yeah. Look, I think if if one of those teams in the top two is a team that's going to trade out, then that becomes a possibility. Otherwise, there's probably not that guy that's just going to blow them away that they feel like they have to get at all costs. I really don't think that guy. 
and this is basic. I'm, I'm basing this off very initial conversations with people that I've talked to. And I'm, I'm not, and I'm not even talking to people in the giants organization, people that I know that have seen these quarterbacks play that I asked recently. Like I, I just started asking people about the other draft quarterbacks and the general consensus was they didn't view them as really high, like top five type picks. I didn't really get on Daniels. I didn't really even get into that one. So I don't really know on that, but Knicks and Penix, the consensus to me was, yeah, they're probably not that level of prospect. Right. They, I don't know what you think of them. You have any opinion on the quarterbacks? No, I mean, I I, I do that stuff after the season. I once yeah. in, in season, I'm watching the Giants. Uh, the Giants obviously had that whole long battle with Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley ends up folding and showing up in the camp um, for no incentives, essentially. Uh, besides leg, besides legacy, which we know he is yeah. very important to him. Why was Saquon not a vet? Not, I'm not saying trade it because I didn't. Who just wants to trade him for shit and hates the running back position? Why was he not available? But guys like Leonard Williams was were. Saquon, I believe, was not available because the product on the field, which was pretty embarrassing at the time, would have been untenable if you took Saquon out of that mix and we're talking about offensively, like there was the 32nd offense you're talking about. Yes. I'm talking about the 32nd ranked offense that was scoring 12 points a game might've had trouble scoring points. That's, that was kind of the concern at the time. And so I do think that they just didn't want to roll out their product. And also Bobby, what is realistic to get for Saquon Barkley? Yeah, but they didn't even like entertain. They didn't even barter. Like you, but you, if you asked a week before the Leonard Williams they, trade, which I broke, what is what is realistic for Leonard Williams? No one in there. If you said second and a fifth, people would have said you're you're an insane fan. Take your fan glasses off. But I think yeah. But I think with Saquon, a you have a franchise tag to use on him, which is reasonable, which isn't crazy when they have a lot of money under the cap next year. And B, a second round pick is basically you know what you can get a comp pick essentially back. So it's not, unless it was a, a it would, yes, it would have to be a, a trade like that. But I didn't think, I don't think they thought that that was a realistic return for him. I really don't. So that that's why I think they were easily just, they were able to easily just say, you know what? We're going to say he's not available. We we don't want the pro we, we don't want to become, you know, our owner would have to sit there through another, what at the time, what, uh, eight, nine games with an offense that is literally scoring six points a game, that would have then put a lot more pressure on Joe Shane and Brian Dable. So that, that to me is why it didn't happen. Are they cutthroat enough to franchise tag him again? And is he going to be willing to take a team-friendly deal because legacy and all that stuff is important and it doesn't seem like that big contract's coming? especially after the way this season has went. A, yes, I do think Joe Shane in particular is cutthroat enough to use it again if he has to. He knows it's <laughs> he knows it's an option. They intentionally did not give that to him in their negotiations, right? That's the one thing he could have won and fought for. The Giants still wouldn't give that to him. So I think they always wanted that option out there because they look at it as a realistic option. And you know what? Let's be honest, Bobby. Is it a bad deal for Saquon at this point? The tag? Yeah. 
essentially he doesn't want it is what it comes down to though he wants to finish as a giant he wants to be part of giants media going forward he wants to be in the new york like we all know these things what can he get on the open market at this point though but what can he i'm saying will he be willing to take like a team friendly deal that guarantees two years but not the average annual value that he wants when as the pressure keeps building and the options dwindle down, I think in the end he'll just have to give in a little bit and take the best offer. And we'll see him with like two years guaranteed from the Giants. And this is just my best guess at this point, right? But, you know, essentially, what is it? Uh, $12 million is the franchise tag. Yeah. So, like, like two years. So essentially, whatever the deal says, it could be like three years, forty million. I don't even know. I'm making up a number, but it's essentially two years, twenty four million, twenty five million, guaranteed. Which is crazy. I don't even know. The Giants didn't even offer that last year, which would be crazy if they offered it this year. Um, at least guaranteed. This year, the franchise take is a little higher though, so that does work in Saquon's favor. So he's already guaranteed twelve, right? right. The, the starting point is twelve. Like that, that he's guaranteed that. So what are you really in the guarantee him for the next year? Eight, nine million to 20, 21, 22. You know what I'm that's what I'm saying. I could see him end up taking something like that. Right. Two years 20, maybe is probably more realistic. We've hit basically everything. Why right? we talk about DJ, offensive line, coaching staff. Um, and it, it's kind of crazy after two wins that just this bye week this bye week feels pretty pretty hectic. Uh, and that's before uh, players go on sightseeing tours or whatever. Actually, that's my last question. The only player I haven't gotten a read on, like what's going to happen with him on the future, is Xavier McKinney, right? And he's been at the center of this Dable Wink thing. Do they want to bring him back? Is it is it reasonable that he wants to be back and will be back, or is he just want, like dead set on the op- getting to the open market and getting out of here, like? Do you have any read of how that ends? Because that's the one thing I haven't gotten to get any type of read on. Well, first of all, let me say this. Xavier McKinney, I think, is a really good player. Uh, but the other thing is he wants he's going to want a lot of money. And the Giants, I think I've already made that pretty clear. They're not going to pay him, you know, top safety money. He really hasn't played as a top safety right. consistently at any point. For any extended period of time. And it's, so, and it's not a position that just garnered like the best safety for agency gets big money. It's a, sometimes they those guys sit and wait unless you're you yeah. know, Jesse Bates, is a, who, is, who is a significantly better player, is the only one who got paid last year. So it's going to be tough. But I do think – I think Xavier McKinney wants way more than the Giants are going to be willing to pay at that position. And I think that that's why – I mean, Joe Shane came out basically and said before the season, you know, like – We'll worry about that after the year. He's, we're not we're not going to try and resign him now. So they would use the tag on Saquon before McKinney. Is Wink back? No. So that, I think that increases the chances that McKinney's back. Which is if you bring I mean, in like a, a Leslie Frazier or Patrick Graham could even be available, which is crazy to think about that because he was originally their defensive coordinator. That's where McKinney becomes a lot more valuable as a player is in those types of systems. So, um, still, that's a lot of money. I'm not sure the Giants really want to invest that money at that position. 
Yeah, but well, the inter- is, we'll is, see. What will the open market think of again? McKinney, a good player, but I don't know if any team's going to go out there being breaking the bank for Xavier McKinney, who's, I mean, just got his first interception in two years. He's got one of the best agents in the business, David Mulligetta, who has done an exceptional job of getting safeties paid. And I'm just saying this: Xavier McKinney hits the open market, he's going to get paid. Somebody's going to pay him. He's going to get paid. Yeah. So I mean, that right now that would sound like he's not with the Giants, which again I've had a hard reach, uh, hard hard time getting a read on. So yeah, yeah dude, I you mean, would really we... like him to be part of that because Dexter, uh, Kayvon, um, I just I also don't think the Giants are O'Kara in the spot of... Banks and McKinney. Like that's one player at each level that I that I would really like. You know, that if you had that, that's like a really good core. Losing McKinney would hurt. Yeah, and I also think the Giants are not talented enough to let good good drafted players walk, and that's you know that's that's a again. I mean, they just shouldn't they just shouldn't be in that situation, uh, especially after you know trading Leonard Williams and and all that's happened. So, uh, I mean, they didn't resign any they they hadn't resigned any drafted players besides Shep in like eight years until last year, where they resigned Jones, Dex, Thomas, Slayton. Ocean Zimenez. Um and uh Ooh. I, <laughs> I know. Uh I'm a Ben Whitley fan by the uh by the way now. So he's okay. he's my he's my new guy to just uh randomly like Boogie Basham, by the way. H- healthy scratch. Like that's kinda kinda crazy. He has not been good. I don't know if you, when you when you've watched tape, he's he's not yeah. No, but if Jahan you look- Ward hasn't been good in the Besides the Patriots game, and you would think that my maybe point they would is give him those snaps. Oh uh, no, nah, Boogie Basham has not earned more snaps, man. Sorry, there's no world that he's, in my opinion, he's earned more snaps. And you know, everybody, Joe Shane Masterclass Master yeah, Season, the Boogie Basham and Isaiah Simmons trades, they don't look so good anymore. The Simmons ones, I don't mind. It's a seventh round pick for someone like you're probably not going to get someone who has his role as a seventh rounder. The Basham, but they're one, not these like big steals. They're like nothing. Burgers. Well, no. Well, thankfully, the one good thing about the Giants losing this season is that the reaction to every move isn't masterclass. It's like sometimes moves aren't uh, perfect, and sometimes even if they aren't bad moves, they're not uh, masterclasses either. I do like the Simmons move. I'm just sitting here looking in retrospect. Like, there's so little. Oh, I mean, my Risk. Isaiah Simmons film like, breakdown was our most viewed video we've ever had. Like, there was the obviously oh, Simmons my breakdown? Isaiah yeah. Simmons film breakdown video, which again was a lot of criticizing, was uh, I think our most viewed video in the last two years, which is which I get. I mean, we a lot of people wanted him in that draft, uh, so so I do understand it. But um, sometimes yeah, name I, value exceeds uh, actual real life value. Yeah, yeah. But I will say some of his biggest warts hadn't showed up because of the role until this Patriots game where he missed like three tackles, uh, especially on third downs. Um, besides the Commanders game where he missed a sack. All right, that's an uh, that's an interview. We can find you. Where where can people find you? On social media at Jordan Ron on uh, is it the, at Jordan is the Ron, Ron on ESPN. How do you spell? Is it the R A A N A N or is it R A N A A N? R A A N A N. The two A's are at the front. Two A's at the front. And it's not Ron on nuts. It's Ron on. 
Jordan yeah, I finally Robert, got got. PSG. Five years, I finally, I finally got got. But no excuses. I was at the airport traveling. All right, uh, that's an excuse. You just no, gave an excuse. No, I said no. It's no, absolutely it's an excuse. No excuses. But you know, I could use an excuse that I was at the airport traveling and and it was very early in the morning. But no excuses. Um, I saw a very funny meme that was like, anytime Brian Dable gets uh, asked a hard question, it's like self-deprecating joke about being fat, um, which is basically every time. Maybe like say, besides being fat, uh, what is how awkward? Issues? How awkward was the joke after the game? Like, but with about the. Uh... That was the pizza one. How awkward was that? It wasn't awkward. Actually, I thought it was like a pretty good like sidestep. But as we all know, that it, there's there is really man. That was, I thought it was super awkward. If you watched him, he's like basically waiting for someone to answer, to ask the question. He's like hugging the the podium. Oh, they had that the plan. Adore, Adore had like the exact same. I mean, they obviously pre-planned. Like they talked about it. Um before anyone got to talk to the media. I'm pretty sure they talked with the players with it, too. All right. The Jordan Renan interview is not over. We came back on for two minutes. Um, so we're going to go back to that. But first, can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? We're already at the Janice bye week. We got to make every second count, people. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite uh, teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers score one, can score 150 instantly and bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code WORLD. New customers can bet uh, can get 150 and instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on, any fo- on football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD. The crown is yours. Gambling Paul call one hundred gambler in New York. Call eight seven seven eight open wire. Text open wire. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. Connecticut, help of visibility for Paul and gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Blue Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, must be twenty one or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire on one hundred sixty eight hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com/slash/football terms. You'll be glad you did. And here's Jordan Renan again. All right, we were talking post show. We forgot something. So I got good seats for this game thanks to SeatGeek promo code Giants because the both teams suck. And I was maybe like one of three people who was super invested in the Joe Judge returning aspect um, of this. Uh, maybe because that's like this is the first head coach where I covered his entire tenure. And I see you talking to him and I FaceTime you twice and text you like answer the phone. I want to say what's up to Judge. And and you didn't answer. What, but how do I know that? you're a wild card? How do I what know am I going to do? Gonna what go? am I going to do? Start cussing him out and say, how'd you QB? You're in the spot where the QB sneak happened. No, I, so I have I, respect for why? Judge. I have what respect have you, for Judge. How the do judges I know have that? Respect for me. How do I know that? Because we've talked. You know that ju- the one I have respect for Judge, despite the fact I want him fired. And the judges have respect. How for do me. I know you're not six cocktails deep, and um, just want to do one of your funny little bits? I want to do and, that, the Judge. Uh, but how do I know that? Because I how you, how do I know that in the moment? That I, of course, you just because when decline, I am a decline, because decline. No, no, you should have, you should have, yes. you should have, you should have absolutely answered that. Um, it would have put a smile on his. I've, I've interacted with Judge, and, and I mean, the Patrick Graham changed his vanity. Who's going to trust Bobby to behave themselves when, when you're, when you have no control over the situation, which is me and right there. 
Who's going to trust you in that situation? I, th- I think we'll put up a poll that like, what do you Nobody. think probably would have done something stupid in that situation? Of uh, course they do. It's resounding. Yes. No, no, no. Um, so I just, I just want to remember that because now the Tony award voting is, it, it is changing where it is. I am a uh, 25% of the vote. Justin's 25% of the vote. Danny's 25%. And then the listeners are the other 25%. So just one, just wanted that out there. All right, that's Jordan Renan of ESPN. Two A's at the end. Decline. All right, thanks again, Jordan Renan. Uh, so we're off until Monday. We'll, uh, or or maybe Tuesday. We'll we'll see when we're back. We'll have a mailbag out. Check out the Oland Report and film review. We'll have a mock draft video out next week annually. Uh, we do it for the mid uh during the bye week. I hope you guys are looking forward to that. We're going to make the most out of this time before the Giants are back for a Monday Night Football game against the Panthers. We truly do appreciate you guys all. Until then, let's go Big Blue.